The gospel in some ways, perhaps, hmm, might seem, well, on one hand, it might seem somewhat obvious from our perspective that the Lord would say we should love one another. It also might seem a bit underwhelming depending on how we define love. Um, it may not seem all that demanding. It may not seem all that demanding. And much of this has to do with the way in which people relate love or relate to love, express love, define love, etc. in our culture today. This probably is not a new concept to you, I'm sure, but you know, let's just kind of go through it. Um, very often, love is equated to an emotive sort of thing. I would say I, that, that's probably the, the first mistake that, that many people will, will make in relation to what the Lord is asking, that they will equate love with a feeling, that the Lord wants us to have good feelings about other people and to try to help other people feel good about themselves, that that's what love is. Feeling good in a big group. <laughs> that's what love is, feeling good. Or um, maybe a, a, a sappy love song, you know, belting out Barry Manilow songs in your car or something. Um, or pick your, <laughs> those really are sappy songs too. I turned on some Barry Manilow the, I don't know, it was a couple of months ago after I made a comment about him in a homily. And I was like, uh, cause my mother used to make me play Barry Manilow songs when I was a kid on the piano. And if you, if you didn't hear the homily or if you weren't paying attention, which you, you probably are now. And um, <laughs> so I was coming back from Ashford and I thought, I would listen to those, so I, I played him and I'm like, man, he really is sappy. Anyway, um, but what happens, you know, is, is through, through media, you know, through music, through movies and stuff, we, we gain a sort of a concept of love from, from the outside, of course. A lot of times when a couple gets married, well, they come in for, for marriage prep, let's say this, just over the course of almost two decades now, people, you know, in my experience, a young couple uh, will come in and they're very much in love, love. It's very emotive, you know, it's very emotive. And, um, but it's not, this is not a bad thing. You know, it's just, it's just where it's at, at that point in their life. But their, their love and that, that experience really changes in the first year and after the first child. It really changes. And of course, here, here am I telling you about marriage, right? I've never been married. But you all tell me your problems, so I know. You know, you share with me what's going on. Father, help me with my husband. Will you talk to my husband? No. <laughs> of course I will. Um, it's no big secret, right? These aren't secrets. Um, but, but you all know what I mean, right? After, boy, when you, when you get married and then you live together, love becomes different. It, it's different. When you start changing diapers, love is different than it was, right? Love now becomes hard. 
Love becomes hard. This gospel that we heard today, where Jesus says to love one another, it, it comes at the very end of the Last Supper. And, and in the Gospel of John, I don't know if you remember from Holy Thursday or just maybe you know from the Gospel of John, the Last Supper is not uh, portrayed as the, the institution of the Eucharist, the bread and the wine turning into his body and blood. That narrative isn't given in the Gospel of John. It's given in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the Gospel of John, what's given is the washing of feet at the Last Supper. Do you, you remember how that goes? So the, the Lord says he's going to wash their feet, and Peter says, no, you can't wash my feet. Well, washing feet was the job of a, of a slave or a servant. If people are walking around all day with sandals on their feet in dirt, feet are pretty gross. I mean, feet are pretty gross anyway. But, I mean, you can just imagine how gross feet would be at the end of a day. And then Jesus is saying, well, I'm going to wash your feet. He's their master. He's their teacher. He's their leader. So Peter's saying, well, no, 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 no. No, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, well, unless I wash my feet, you cannot have life with me. You, you can't really be my disciple." And so Peter, who's never understated, says, well, then wash all of me. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. But Jesus says, no, the feet will be fine. Thanks. <laughs> Just the feet. And then um, as, as the meal goes on, there's more. And then Judas departs, which is the very beginning of this gospel. And then Jesus talks about loving one another. Now, he has just showed them what love looks like. And he's going to go and show them even more what love looks like when he goes and he suffers his passion and death on the cross. So he's, he's showing them this is what it means to love. It means to serve and it means to give your life. It means to give your whole being, your whole self. There's no doubt that um, there is an emotive content to love. There's nothing wrong with belting out love songs in, in your car, you know, or dancing to love songs with your beloved. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm, I'm downplaying that necessarily, but those are all sort of part of a greater expression of lovingness, right? Ideally in marriage, you have two people who are truly giving their lives for each other, that their needs are being met not through through each individual seizing their needs, right? Or seizing what they want, but through the other, giving the other person what they need, right? Delivering what the other person needs, securing the other person's needs, assisting with that. Truly thinking, how can I bring about the greatest good for my beloved? Now Jesus says elsewhere, if you only love those who love you, what good is there in that? Even the pagans do that. If you're good to those who are good to you, I mean, that's not hard. It's not that hard. So the commandment to love goes far beyond just those we like, those who love us back, those who are good to us. The commandment of love is to be good to those who could care less about us, who have done us wrong, 
who have treated us poorly. And yet we still are charitable to them anyway. That doesn't mean that we are taken advantage of. That doesn't mean we submit to abuse. It doesn't mean that. All right. But in the, in the normal sort of regular day to day, right, when, when people could care less about us or seem to treat us with indifference, we still seek to be charitable. The truth is that we don't like everybody. We know this. Actually, if you think about it, thank, thank goodness that Jesus did not give us a new commandment like everybody. I command you, like everyone. <laughs> that would be hard because liking people has to do with our emotions. That really has to do with sort of more of an emotional thing. Loving has to do with an act of the will. Commanding ourselves to do what we don't feel like doing, but we know we should do. We know it's in our best interest to do, but also we're putting somebody else's best interest before ourselves. Now, how does this play out? I mean, it can play out in, in many different ways. I, I don't know. Do we have any teenagers here? I mean, you're not going to say you're here because you're teenagers, but we don't, I don't think. Any young people? All right, they're all sleeping. Um, <laughs> But uh, if we have any young people, you know, you think back to school. School is an especially hostile place, high school and grade school, where people tend to exclude others. You know, kids can, kids can be awful, awfully mean. And in, even in a school setting, seeking out people, being kind to people who are excluded to help them to feel included, right? But this can also play out in, in adult life when people are excluded, when we can see that people, everything from just people are having a horrible day to uh, people seem to be kind of in misery, people seem down. When we reflect in, you know, just on our, our daily lives, just our circle of influence or a circle of relationships, maybe that's a better way to phrase it, um, which is usually work, family, you know, church or other sort of organizations, we're going to run into people who need some assistance. And it's not just a matter of, you know, giving people money or giving people food. This could be charitable giving, but it, it really has to do with encountering other people. Really encountering other people, you know, looking people in the eye. I, I'm going to give you an example of myself, and this is not good to do because I'm going to do it anyway, but it's not good to do because I'm not a good example. But in the, okay, but this is just one thing I started trying. So let's, let's think of it that way. Something Father John is trying to do because he's so bad at this. Think of it that way. So when I go, when I go to a store and I'm, I'm checking out, you know how you, when, you're, when you're going through the store, the checkout person often never looks at you. How are you doing? How's your day going? <laughs> they don't seem to care. I always look them right in the eye. Look them right in the eye. And I wait, you know, for them to see me. I say, how are you doing? And they're always taken aback by it. Now, this is just one thing I'm doing. Don't look at me as like, oh, Father John's so great at this. You, you know me well enough to know I'm not. But this is one thing I started doing. I started thinking, you know, when I engage people just out there, 
how can I be more present to them in a way that helps them to understand that I'm trying to see them with dignity, you know, see them and care about them, even in, this is a very small way. It's a very small way. And, and trust me, I've gone through the line at Safeway angry too, as I think we all have. But there are times where I think, you know, this person seems like they're having a bad day. I'm going to try to encounter them in, in a little, little way. This, these are the little simple ways, I think, through life that we do make a difference. I think it matters. I think it does matter. When we encounter people and we bestow upon them a certain dignity or kindness or charity, love, that they're not feeling at the moment or they're not sensing at the moment. It's particularly difficult when we encounter people in our life who have done, wrong, done us wrong. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that if, if somebody has subjected us to abuse, we should continue to encounter them. We should not. You know, we should, we should cut ourselves off from such people. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, people who have gossiped about us or, or spoken bad about us or, you know, just sort of your normal, everyday, treating each other badly sort of thing. A lot of times this happens in, in families. How are we going out of our way to be the one to step forward to heal? I think that's what the Lord is talking about. I mean, if we look at all of our families, there are broken relationships. There is wreckage in our families and even in our friends. We need to be the ones who say, you know what? I'm going to be the one to, to put, to put this, my, my foot forward. I'm going to be the one who's going to be proactive, to be loving. I can't control anyone else, and I won't try. But I can be loving. I can choose to be loving to my sister who won't talk to me, to my mother who won't talk to me, to my child who won't talk to me, to my friend who's no longer my friend. I can choose to be the one who's going to be loving and let the hurt go. That's how healing begins. And this is what the Lord desires. And this is how people will know that we are his disciples. Please stand.